Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that continues to celebrate the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And if you've been listening over the last few days, you've heard, you, I've been sharing some lessons that we get from Coast View uh, guests. So many common themes, so many common themes. A lot about planning, a lot about you know inspiration fuel, a lot about not dwelling too much on the past and setting big goals. But here's, a, here's something from Mandy Hale that is something we ought to all think about because it's not always about nailing down every detail of your plan and you know, working the plan and measuring it and what, you know, what gets measured gets done. This is actually some good advice we should all think about. But here's what she said. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you, you just need to breathe, trust, let go, and see what happens. <laughs> it's so that uh, that's actually some good advice. I mean, we can get so rigid in our approach to goal setting, et cetera, that we forget the reality is that we need to enjoy life and uh, and trust, surround ourselves with positive people, and good things are going to happen. And speaking of good things are going to happen, I have always had tremendous respect for the O'Keefe family in Biloxi. When I think about the O'Keefe family, I think about public service and philanthropy. I can't help but think about my old friend, Jerry O'Keefe, um, the, the, his incredible contributions to coastal Mississippi over so many years. We'll talk a little bit about him shortly, but his family continues to make a mark here in coastal Mississippi. And I'm really pleased to have my dear friend, uh, Jeff, well, Jeffrey formally, uh, O'Keefe Sr., Jeff, I know him as Jeff, uh, to join me here on Coast View to talk about Jeff's story, the O'Keefe family. And just whatever else comes to our mind. But Jeff, it's great to see you this morning, buddy. Great to be with you, Ricky. Uh, and uh, I tell you, I really appreciate uh, the program you put together and the interviews you're putting out there. And just just proud to be a part of it, you know. And uh, yeah, we miss uh, we miss the big Jerry, no doubt about it. He he left an indelible mark on the coast and and a legacy uh, of uh, uh, family behind him. So uh, we're we're proud to you know, uh, be carrying that legacy on for sure. Well, I tell you, it's amazing when I, when I did a little bit of reading to prepare for today, just to kind of remind myself of some things, for example, it's hard to believe it's been five years, what would be five years in August when he died, he died at 93 years old. But if you had to think about, Je- uh, about, uh, Jeremiah O'Keefe, uh, his, you know, his official name, think about Jerry's contribution to coast of Mississippi over so many years. This is a man who didn't let much time fly during his 93 years. He was always pushing for to make this place a better place, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was very involved uh, in, a, in a number of uh, manners uh, along the coast, and uh, uh, whether it was politically or socially, uh, and uh, uh, he, he led the charge on a lot of a lot of efforts uh, um, that were uh, fostered around the coast. He was approached by different people to uh, spearhead uh, significant events, and uh, and in addition to that, uh, raising a, a very large family. And so, thirteen kids. Lord, yeah. have mercy. 
got to take your hat off when you step back and just look at what he did and uh, and and what all he uh, nurtured uh, in addition to that. A World War II veteran, um, a decorated fighter pilot, ace pilot. You know, he was in the House of Representatives. He was the mayor of Biloxi. I think some people might have forgotten that from 1973 to 1981, he was the mayor of Biloxi. But, I mean, he's a guy that constantly was reinventing how he was going to make a contribution to coastal Mississippi. He did it entrepreneurially, of course, through the, the funeral home business, but he, he created a life, uh, a life insurance company. He was deeply involved in the Oro Keith Museums. That's sort of how he defined his legacy later in his life. But, man, you, if you just center on that, you miss the whole story of what he contributed to this place, don't you? You do, you do. Uh, I'll never forget him talking about an older gentleman one time who uh, happened to be standing outside a, a, a skyscraper, and he was kind of looking up at it, and he just, you know, kind of looked at him there and got the sense that, you know, maybe he had something to do with it, and uh, and approached him, and sure enough, the the guy had just finished building that skyscraper. And uh, and when I think of the Oro O'Keefe and those later projects in his life, uh, uh, I just believe he had kind of adopted that theory that you really have to stay busy doing something and trying to contribute uh, along the way. But he was, you know, what's interesting about the Oro O'Keefe Museum is that his r relentless pursuit of creating something there that was going to be that, that as time would go and we would appreciate more what, what it means. Like for example, to have this world renowned architect and Frank Gehry and his whimsical approach to architecture sort of paired up with George Orr, who also had an a whimsical approach to pottery <clears throat> and to bring these two guys together. And then to sort of have all this other stuff, the African American museum and all these other things that sort of, go around that and obviously the traveling exhibits that are part of that his vision for that man he was relentless in his pursuit to create this special place wasn't he well what had happened uh ricky was uh, uh while he was uh involved with other projects along the coast uh he, he had been approached to uh, be the capital campaign chairman for the walter anderson museum in ocean springs and and he and Courtney Blossman worked uh, diligently in, in uh, the, raising the seed capital for that museum over there. And so, uh, that, you know, it, it became a really nice uh, uh, facility. And, you know, my dad was never an artist himself, but he had an appreciation for art. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, when my mother passed, he was trying to think of a way to honor her memory is what 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 it was and i'll never forget when he uh got the idea and uh i mean he called me on the phone and he had such excitement and i don't think he slept for three days and he just had the idea of uh, at the time roland weeks had fostered a you know an or exhibit over in the uh, library and cultural center in biloxi i think it was back in about 1994 and so he had uh, you know got the idea to create that museum in my mother's memory and and hence that's why it's the or o'keefe it's really not about himself it's about her and, yeah uh, and yeah. he just wanted to honor her she loved art she loved music 
and uh, uh, and everything. And so that was the impetus for the museum itself. And of course, at that time, Frank Gehry wasn't involved. It was really uh, originally going to be somewhat of a more modest project, but um, I think a friend uh, came to him and uh, suggested that connection between Orr and Gary, and uh, and then boom, that idea was born. And, and Frank Frank Gary, I mean, they they're doing projects all over the world, but uh, and magnificent projects. But uh, but he 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 liked that idea of of, of pairing with the the whimsical Potter, as you say, and. Uh, and so that whole campus idea was born, uh, or the uh, you know pull, pull, pulling that facility together. And so yes. it, 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 it never really got to see it fully completed, but uh, but I mean the family's continuing to uh, foster his dream and uh, continuing to work on it. In fact, I've got an exciting announcement. I don't know if you saw it on social media, but uh, the museum just received a, a wonderful gift from uh, Gordon C. Bailey as a, uh, he was an executive uh, sports and entertainment uh, uh, promoter uh, that lives out in Beverly Hills, California, and he's gotten, become a collector of self-taught artists, and he, he's collected a massive collection and he, he he goes around and he makes contributions to other museums uh, of his artworks uh, of these uh, uh, emerging artists who have been recognized and uh, he's made gifts to the uh, museum in Oxford uh, up at Ole Miss and he's made a gift to the Perez Museum in Miami Crystal Bridges and the Speed but he selected the Oro Keefe and and he Originally was going to donate uh, 32 or 35 pieces, and and he went back and re and actually hand selected 50 pieces that he's donated to the Oro Keefe, and it, he really has uh, garnered a lot of notoriety by what he's doing around the nation. So. You know the the dreams living on, and uh, and we're blessed by some of these uh, uh, people uh, recognizing the uh, whole concept that uh, my dad envisioned with the project. So we're very. Hey, stuck. listen, you mentioned Roland Weeks, former publisher of the Sun Herald, who who was the publisher before I became publisher of the Sun Herald, my mentor in life. Uh, they were the dynamic duo. Real quick, as we get ready to go to the seg, you know, the end of the segment, uh, Roland had this like low to the ground couch that I inherited when I became publisher. And one day, your dad came by, sat down in that couch, and when he did it, he sunk, and he couldn't get out. So I had to get up and help him out, and I said, "Well, next time you come, Mr. Jerry, I'm going to have a different couch." So I, I, I I called it the new couch was called the Jerry couch. <laughs> Because he could come there and sit down and get out. It was, it was a funny thing, a kind of a nice chuckle that he and I had. But anyway, when we come back, I want to talk more about you and what you're up to these days and um, you know, how's business and you know, operating in the pandemic, et cetera. We'll be back after this break with uh, our, my friend Jeff O'Keefe. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jeff O'Keefe. I've known him for an awful long time. 
<clears throat> you don't remember this, Jeff, but a long, 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 long time ago, I'm not even going to say how long ago you were a young guy. I was a young guy and we had a mutual friend and I, you were, we were somewhere in Gulfport and you were headed over to somewhere in Biloxi and I, I got in the car with you and, and we rode to Biloxi together. And what I remembered about you then, I don't know if this is true today. You drove really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, if we live through this ride to Biloxi, I'm never going to get in the car with you again. Oh, but uh, <laughs> do you still drive fast? I'm just curious. Well, I uh, I don't really I don't feel go <laughs> super fast. You know, I, I I try to keep it under control. Let me put it that way. I, I know you do. I know you do. Well, listen, man, you're a fifth generation family member to assume responsibilities for Bradford O'Keefe Funeral Home, and. If we were to like, like end on that, that's a significant contribution in and of itself. But you, you're you continuing the family legacy of being involved in the community. Um, my, my kids know your kids and your, your, you know, your family continues to, to blossom. And, and I mean, it's going to be amazing to see what the future holds. Your, your kids are really successful. But let's come back to you for a second. <clears throat> What's it like to be to be someone who runs a business, who grew up in Biloxi, fifth generation. Um, tell me about this, what it's like to be part of the O'Keefe family. Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a privilege uh, is the way I feel about it. You know, we've got a, uh, a large and diverse family. And, and uh, we, we've, uh, in the latter years of my, my dad's life, we tried to pull together for some big family gatherings and uh and we're shooting for that uh this july in fact uh, uh because uh, he was the last of the mohegans in his generation and so now it's us and and i'm one of 13 children and i'm number 10 down the line and so uh you know i feel a sense that you know we want to pull that uh have that family get together but uh but we we were very uh, proud uh, when we se- uh, celebrated our 150th anniversary, and my dad was still here, and it was just a real special day on and, and on the home that he was actually born in, and and he he received a significant recognition that year. But but for myself, it, it just uh, uh, you know I. I there were a number of uh, operations that he had over his life, and uh, but the legacy of our family business history is in the funeral home business, and mm-hmm. kind of what I had focused uh, on myself early on. There were some bigger and more glamorous uh, avenues, but but I, I just felt like uh, we all have to do something in life, and I felt like. You know, if you can help somebody through a, a difficult time like that, why, you know, there's, you know, there's satisfaction in that and being able to help people. And we, we receive feedback uh, from that and are very appreciative uh, to be able to help. But uh, but one particular thing that kind of struck me is uh, I, I encourage if there's a takeaway uh, for people to interview their elders uh, whenever they have, you know, uh, grand, you know, grandparents, great grandparents. If, if you have a chance to sit down and just whip out that iPhone or whatnot and record them and 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 jog their memory about some of what they have experienced in their life, uh, 
my, my, my eldest sister, Maureen, spoke to my great uncle John, who was a former mayor of Biloxi and former adjutant general of the state of Mississippi, but in his later life uh, told a story about Ocean Springs before it was named Ocean Springs. It used to be called Lynchburg. And, and of course, uh, uh, you know, oftentimes there were people who owned vast tracts of land, and Mr. Lynch owned a, a vast tract of land, and they called it Lynchburg. I think it might have been Lynchburg Landing, in fact, but there was some occurrence. Mr. Lynch uh, left town and uh, not to return. And so it was later that the elders of Lynchburg got together and there was a hotel downtown called Ocean Springs and they decided to rename the town Ocean Springs. And that was how it got its name. And he he talked about that story. And so that's just a, a snippet of, you know, what what you can get out of these elders. And and, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you Google you know, about uh, Lynchburg Landing, you don't find much. And so mm-hmm. one of those stories that <clears throat> largely went untold. And, and mm-hmm. so I encourage people whenever they have an opportunity to to talk to their elders and, and, and get some of those old memories to to try to do that. Jeff, that is really wise advice. That's really wise advice. So you know, your dad actually was born in Ocean Springs, and he didn't come to Biloxi till he was 13. You were born in Biloxi. And you, um, you went to Notre Dame High School and University of Southern Mississippi, where I went to school, to the top of my dad. You're, you're a proud member, as I am, of the, of the Alumni Hall of Fame there at USM, and you've been involved, involved in the foundation board like I've been involved. You've got so many community activities and professional activities you've been involved in, particularly in the funeral home industry, for so many years. But it was interesting, man, you came out of school and you went directly into working in the accounting area of the funeral home and just learning every aspect of it and just kind of working your way slowly but surely up. There is a there is a temperament there. And I, I love the way you said that because you are dealing with people during some of the most difficult times of their life. But you guys have found su- such a soft, I know, empathetic way to deal with families during very difficult times. And uh, you feel honored to have that opportunity to help them through these difficult times, don't you? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, it's it's a privilege to be able to to work with the people and and help them through those times. And and you know, toward that end, we are uh, uh, deploying new uh, methodologies uh, attached to our website that help people uh, after uh, a loss as well. You know, because it's quite a transition. You get bombarded with so many things that have to be taken care of, and and so it's a new way to kind of help people through that process, even after uh, the uh, service itself. But uh, <clears throat> but obviously, you know, prearranging is a, a big facet. It's just a form of planning that that uh, people. It's, it's like an extension of ordinary planning, and so many people choose to. Uh, deploy those wishes in advance, and and so we're uh, happy to be able to help people with uh, with that aspect as well. I know, I know, COVID has really created incredible challenges for your industry, for families specifically, um, because as we saw in the early days of COVID, when families would come together either at church or maybe 
maybe when there's been a death of a loved one in a funeral, we often heard these stories coming out of there that that's where they would there would be a super spreader among them, and the family would get it. And um, you know, it was just a just a terrible situation there in the beginning. But then you guys started to figure this stuff out, and you learned to operate in a safe way. But it's not been easy, has it? It has not been easy, and you know, I think the worst part of it uh, actually is uh, <clears throat> where people were uh, had family members who were stricken with the virus, and and they were unable to be with them to you know hold and nurture you know they they were restricted from interaction and uh then uh to, you know beyond that uh when when a loss occurred then there were restrictions on even being able to celebrate their life in a manner and, and there were so many people who who deserve to be uh recognized uh for their contributions and 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 what they meant to their friends and community and and family and and yeah. so it, it's really been you know obviously technology's come in there's there's been the streaming which has helped that's helped uh, to be able to at least uh, uh feed a little bit of that ceremony and uh uh, to to uh, those that uh, couldn't be there in person, but uh, and help honor the life, but uh, but that it, it, that's been tough. That's been tough for people. You know, I think about Jeff. I think about this a lot, and maybe one day I'm going to do a show that just focuses on this. So, you know, there are there are some really important figures in Biloxi who died in the past year. Some of them from COVID. That. We never had the opportunity to really focus on them and to celebrate their lives the way that you would have normally done so if we had not had COVID here. The one one of the ones I think about, not for this is not a Biloxi person, but it's Drew Allen. You know, our yeah. friend Drew Allen. Exactly. You know, he had a stroke just going into the uh, going into the COVID situation. He unfortunately passes away, and we weren't able to really celebrate his life. I, I tend to actually develop a whole show around Drew Allen because. I had the opportunity to serve with him in so many capacities over the years and the community, Goodwill Board and many others. And he was so passionate and such a wonderful person. And, you know, too many people like that, buddy, faded into the sunset over the past year, and we didn't get a chance to celebrate them. And I know it's been tough. Well, that's we, true. And final thought, Jack, because we have less than a minute left. Yeah, no, I would just say that the national funeral directors themselves are, are, are searching for a way to honor these people as well. And so it's certainly, uh, we feel that with you. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to come back and talk again. We may actually come back around. We're going to talk offline. We may come back around and maybe maybe put together a list of these names and what their contributions were because... I don't want to. I want to. I want to honor. Man, there's some really substantial people who passed yeah. away in this past year, and their families know it, of course. But the, maybe the community is not fully aware of that. But this has been Jeffrey O'Keefe, my dear friend from the O'Keefe family and from a uh, Bradford O'Keefe Funeral Home. We'll be back and have another conversation with him in the future. So thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it, buddy. When we come back, we have Jeff Duncan. We'll see you after this.
Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.